Welcome everybody to Bobby Talks, dot, dot, dot. Those dots are there to tell you that there's always more to the story. And today's story is, well, a hodgepodge of furniture of, let me get this correct, a hodgepodge of, make sure I understand this, of modern furniture and antiques. Is that correct, Sergio? Yes, and from here on out, we could refer to it as hodgepodge because I, I literally said no one's going to want to say that a thousand times when talking to me. <laughs> Dude, no, no worries, man. I, I actually really like it. And I think it fits the EP pretty well. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sitting here with Sergio Anello. He is the bassist from the band, the early November. He is hailing right now from New Jersey. He said it is a gloomy, gloomy day there, but it has cooled down. So my man has got his hat on. He's got the shades on. He's rocking. He's looking good. Um, here <laughs> with Sergio Anello. How you doing, man? I'm doing really good. I'm uh, I'm hanging in there. I'm having a good time. It's a uh, it's a Monday for some reason. It always feels like the next day to me. So it feels like a Tuesday. Yeah. Is that sure. weird? I don't know. Sure. <laughs> no, I'm the same way. You were talking about the weather, man. It's been kind of crazy here. We've had like a heat wave that went through for I don't know, probably seven or eight days straight. But every time it seems to rain, it rains in dumps where it just leaves so much rain for like I don't know. 20 minute periods and then it just goes away and we're back to sun it's just been almost like florida weather it's been kind of crazy so so with us it gets so extremely hot that they like call for rain all week and then it makes it miserable because it is summertime like you you want to plan and do stuff etc and then you're like ah, i'm not going to do nothing tomorrow because it's supposed to rain and then it's like sunny all day and it rains at like you know 9 45 at night it'll downpour for 15 minutes and then you're done so yeah. It's been uh, it's been up and down, but I like the heat. I'll never complain about the heat. I'm not a cold person. Me either. I don't know what uh, New Jersey falls are like. I mean, ours are beautiful. We love fall here, but I, I can do fall summer, but that's about that's the extent for me. Fall doesn't exist. It's like my favorite season. Like I'm like, oh, it's October and I got like, you know, my favorite Starbucks or whatever. And then yeah, it's yeah. like it's dead of winter and I'm depressed <laughs> like within one jump for like for like six months it feels like it just goes bye-bye it it's rough this last year's winter was rough because we just we had a lot a lot of snow which is odd or it's been odd you know what I mean um sure. but it was a ton of snow and it felt like a long winter and the next thing we knew it was like summer there's there's no like gradual change it's just I very know quick <laughs> i'm okay with that because spring is always wet and i mow grass so sometimes it's nice to uh, just be able to as soon as i can get the winter coat off i'm on the lawnmower so that's kind of nice too but um, of course weather, <laughs> I, uh, i'm sitting here with sergio Nello. like i said he's the basis of the band the early november but he's also been working on some solo projects and that's kind of what we're here to do today to talk about is some of his solo projects uh Sergio, I said it at the beginning of the show here, a hodgepodge of modern furniture and antiques. This is a five song EP, is that correct? Yes, so this is my um, my third release in my solo adventures. Okay. And uh, to sum it up in short terms, prior to the whole pandemic, I had got a record deal through a fantastic indie label called Sunday Drive Records. Okay. And we had all these plans and then, you know, the pandemic hit and we still managed to put out uh, a vinyl record, which came out, I want to say, I could be totally off, but I want to say it was April of 2021. Maybe I'm totally off. I don't, I, at this point, I don't, I can't remember time, Everything but is kind of blurring together. Yeah. 
it's it's blurring together. I think it might have been May. Don't quote me. But I got very excited to uh to tour and do stuff like that with it and play shows. And I'm you know, unfortunately that was least issues with what was going on, you know, globally. So like I don't want to sound like I was complaining. It just right. you know, things kind of didn't happen the way we expected. So in the midst of the whole uh, pandemic thing, I got a stir crazy like everyone else and I started to write and I was like, I'm just going to release like a bunch of phone demos that I make at home, like in the bathroom, straight to my phone, acoustic songs. And it, uh, it ended up spawning into like a full production record okay, uh, or EP, but um, there was never more than two people in a room at the same time. Uh, none of the musicians that played on it, aside from myself and uh, my buddy Kyle, who was the recording engineer, and and uh, I did it at his home studio, were ever together, which was crazy. I've never recorded anything like that. Yeah, it, and um, for a guy like, yes, yes. So like, originally the idea started out with me and a, a good friend of mine. His name's Brandon Rosenberg, and. I was like, look, dude, I, I want to like put these little things out. Maybe you could like add a guitar or some keys or whatever. And then he got his drummer, uh, Rob Bowman involved. And the next thing I know, we were like, well, we don't know what this is. Like, what could this really turn into? And my very close old friend, Kyle was like earlier in the pandemic, basically reached out to me about just future recordings. He was like, you know, if you need any help with anything or want to get together, we should. And uh, at that time, we thought the pandemic was like a week long thing. Like, we'll wait this week out. We'll talk and, you know, whatever. But I reached out to him and and uh, basically went to his house. We re-recorded all these like demo ideas that I had. We used these bits and pieces that were coming in. He had a couple friends out of Chicago that he worked with it, sent in pieces and it, it was just a, it was a crazy way to go about it, but I'm so proud of it because, you know, it, in the time that it was made, it didn't seem like it would come about. Sergio, so what's the, uh, what's that like then when you're doing something remote like that, where you don't get that instant feedback when you're sitting in a room with people and you're, you're building, you know, you're trying to, um, you know, you're vibing, but not just vibing, but like you guys are actually working, constructing a song, putting it together. You can kind of be like, Hey, this is what I'm thinking. And then 30 seconds later, they can either showcase that they can, you know, they can kind of visual or, uh, pr uh pull off what you're visualizing in your head. Um, in this case, when you're doing something remotely, it's like, there's time that goes by. Um, what's that kind of like when you're doing something remotely versus doing, I mean, it had to be frustrating or was it something else Did it give you guys a chance to like, say, yeah, that's exactly what I was, what I was hearing in my head. It's kind of a lot of everything you just said. And I'm very, um, particular and specific when it comes to like my solo stuff. So okay. for instance, with me, like, you know, I'm a, I'm a trained bass player, but not like like i write songs and i know what i want to hear but if there's something i can't physically do i have a good way about me of like explaining uh to someone that's you know lack of better terms just better at it than me how right. to do it right and in this situation you know you you got these little bits and pieces and weirdly they became like these very important puzzle pieces to the songs 
Okay. And it'd be like a song where I had like a total idea of how I wanted it to go, but it wasn't until I got this like little puzzle piece that I figured out not only how to like piece the entire song together, but then, which I was, you know, not to toot my own horn, was very proud of myself, was kind of forced to play a lot of stuff on my own. Okay. Um, which made me, you know, better at a lot of instruments that I wouldn't consider myself uh, too great at to begin with. But, you know, it, it definitely, it was a learning experience and it was a patience thing. Right. Like very, very patient, um, which I'm not good at. So like <laughs> someone like Kyle, his name's Kyle Koenig. He's, he's a wonderful dude, long-term friend. He is, uh, he, he was that kind of like rock to the situation really made it. I wouldn't say easy to go about it, but made it easier to like stick with it instead of just kind of write it off. Like this will never happen. Yeah. That's, uh, that's gotta be interesting to just see how you adapt to that environment versus how, you know, some of your other, you know, your partners in that, in that process. Um, I, I would say that the older I get, the more impatient I get as a person, um, which is okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah of course I, I think that's kind of like the uh rite of passage there but uh no i it's i was just trying to figure out because you said it to, uh off camera here we were talking about a little bit of the anxiety that you have as a person and how you approach life i would just bringing it back to covid um and bringing it back to that time is great on one side where you had kind of like the gift of time to do some of these things that maybe when you're doing the normal day-to-day -day grind without a pandemic going on you might not have found the time to do but in this case, you, you, you got to get the time. But how does someone who, you know, has the challenges of anxiety in a COVID, um, do you, and you're trying to make a solo project or you're trying to produce something that you think is of your, your you know, your caliber, um, how did you adapt or um, I guess, how did you work with those types of challenges as well? I, th I think with me, it's a, it's a moment to moment sort of thing, like, I'm very uh, strategic in the sense, like if I'm working, uh, you know, a nine to nine sales job while planning to go on tour with the early November and then like moving at the same time, like I can figure that out, right. but you give me too much time and it's, um, it's kind of detrimental because I sit there and I overanalyze and okay. I go like stir crazy. So with this, it was very much like, how I always do. I, I write what I'm feeling at the moment and, you know, I figure out what I want to like put together if I'm going to put out a project or, you know, a collection of songs. But this was very much inspired by like what I was genuinely feeling through a year plus timeline. And then to think like I, I tried to encapsulate that in like this 15 minute blurb right yeah you know what i mean yeah um and and if i'm being honest like i didn't go into it like this is how it goes but it's so weird that the end result to me at least i go well if i had to look back in time that's it like that's totally it it, so it felt feel, good you like it then you're, you're very happy with the final product a hundred percent. And like, I'm always proud of what I do. I won't put out something that like I have doubts about, but, uh, 
genuinely, I look at this one and I go like, man, I, I've never like thought I would just pull something like that out of my back pocket. And, you know, maybe no one likes it, whatever, if they hear it and they hate it, but like, I could at least sit back and go like, I'm really, I'm really content with this. I can speak. You have one fan in me for sure, man. I, uh, toxic. Thank you. Positivity is uh, something that I, I really, uh, connect with a lot. Um, I'm not sure how much you're putting out there of your music yet. Have you, have you dropped, when is this EP going to come out? So this is a, you're actually the, I guess, technically you're breaking it. It's, oh, uh, it's, we're going to, Bobby talks. Yeah. We're, um, we're going to release the news like social media wise and stuff like that. September 7th. Okay. And, um, the record I believe is coming out the 17th. We're going to have physical copies with CDs, which is something like we didn't think we were going to do, okay. but I'm so psyched on like the packaging and the artwork just all in all. Um, but yeah, it comes out September 17th on Sunday drive records. It's a, I think a very easy lesson, you know, I, oh, yeah. you got to write stuff nowadays for that. Like, uh, attention deficit mind like myself that can't like look at anything for too long um but yeah i'm i'm, uh, I'm super psyched on it well congratulations on that man like uh how many so how many more songs are you adding to it with the full record so this one's just going to be the five songs okay. I, I already actually started uh demoing out the next batch of things which i never really know what it's going to be till it is what it is. Right. Uh, prior to that, I have a record that, like I said, came out during the pandemic called no heavier burden. If you go on my Bandcamp or Spotify or Apple music, all those things you could listen to. And then prior to, um, uh, connecting with Sunday drive records, I put out my first solo thing, which is pretty, uh, different to all my current stuff. Uh, under the name everyone knows and then i re-released it under my name just so it would be easy to find find more of a branding thing help me understand yes what, what is the idea behind putting a different moniker on something what was the is it is it trying to rebrand yourself from you know the early november or is it more of like a, a creative route that you're trying to take i mean what's the reason for that i think i think to be honest, it was like a lack of knowledge, how to like promote yourself at the time. And then also that same thought, like you had just mentioned, like people know me for what they know me of with the band. And I didn't want them to have this like preconceived notion of what I would sound like. Okay. And I think, um, although, you know, obviously I'm proud of and love everything I've done with the early November. I think what I'm doing is, is pretty far from maybe what people would, would expect me to put out. So originally I was doing this like jazz punk bluesy thing. And then it slowly like, like for live aspect was like forced into a more of like a folky aspect. And then I started writing around, like maybe I won't have a full band to play with, or I won't have like the horns and the strings, which, you know, isn't like an easy thing to reproduce on a day to day basis. Um, so I started writing more like, folky and then just you know like anything in life my travels my experiences it kind of like you know navigated where i was going yeah so I, that was the whole other name <laughs> i i, I how, di how difficult though is it to when you are you know so well known for one thing and then to try to reinvent yourself as this other thing 
Um, like, I, I guess the question I, where I want to take it is, is do you, obviously you want it to be successful. That's the whole, I, that whole idea of it. But of like, course, of course. How is this something that's so successful that it confronts kind of like, you know, Justin Timberlake and sync, right? You become bigger than where you originally started. Is that the idea? Is it just to kind of get another outlet of who you are? Because, you know, the way you started off in early 2000s with the early November, you guys, you know, you were in that kind of that emo type of realm, right? Well, what you're doing yeah. right now is not that. It's uh, a different thing altogether, right? So I, I think it's just that, uh, if anything, it's it's natural growth. So with Euro November, I was, you know, an energetic stage performing bass player, which is who I am, right. you know. But when you break down, at least to me, like solo music and like personal aspects of your life it's going to be very different than who you are on stage or with a group you know what i mean everybody's going to kind of have these different um uh ideas of what what they enjoy personally or like what they're going through and what they want to write about and with your own november i was always you know i guess the maybe how i would explain it like a support to a bigger thing okay with this it's Although I have tons of support, this is like it's me awesome. laid out on the table, yeah. you know. And I think people uh, know if they know of me, they see me for what they think I was on stage or like in my personal life. But the reality of it is, if I was that guy in normal life, I'd be in jail or dead. Like <laughs> it was just chaos, you know. It's it's entertainment. You buy a ticket to come to a show. I would get amped up and want to play and entertain people. Now I'm, I'm speaking my truth. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, it's a, whole it's a little different. different. Yeah, it is a little different. But I was listening to uh, your uh, your guest appearance on Dana, uh, Dana Bolin of uh, Two Weeks Notice Podcast. If you guys, if you haven't heard it. Love yet, Dana. He's a buddy of mine that we met on a cruise of all things. Him and his twin brother, Maddie who I guess is absolutely uh, obsessed with uh, the early November. That's his favorite band. Um, we were texting. Yeah, I said, I, was telling me that. I sent them a bunch of like stuff. I mean, I, I haven't met, maybe I met Maddie like at shows prior, but like Dana and me, like, we'll, we'll be like yeah, talking. Yeah. It'll be like two in the morning on a Saturday. Like, what are you doing, dude? Like just shooting the shit. It's cool. <laughs> Dana is so chill, man. When I first met this guy, I was carrying around a, a pretty expensive camera around my neck and I uh, didn't know him. I was on the cruise and I was just like, I had to go do something in my, or grab something out of my like lower or my, uh, I don't know, my, my, really your my bunk, head. my bunk. Yeah. I was in the bottom of you yeah. Titanic level. I was in the very bottom. So I don't know what you call it. It wasn't quite a room. It was more of a bunk, but I had to go cruise rooms are very tight. <laughs> I know I've been on them. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you know, because it wasn't a room. It was definitely a bunk. But I, uh, no, I it's a... something out of my bunk and I went up to this guy and I just thought he looked trustworthy. I was like, hey, can you mind watching my camera? And you talk about anxiety. He said that he sat there for the next 20 minutes just like not taking his eyes off of my camera because he was so worried about why. That's a really good though. Um, that's a good description of him. Like trustworthy stranger. That makes a lot of sense. Like yeah. that's a compliment though. You can't say that about a lot of people. No, By no means. <laughs> you can't. And that was the thing. And to be honest with you, it was probably just dumb luck. But I was like, hey, dude, you mind watching this camera? <laughs> so. And, and now here we are. <laughs> I, was, I was listening, though, to uh, your episode. 
and uh, I guess he was talking about how or you would get to a venue early and figure out how you can like up your game um, and how you can like do the entertainment quality that you're talking about. Like what's some of the strangest or not strangest, but the most dangerous thing that you've done, so to speak, on a stage that you might look back now and at this stage in life and be like, man, that was dumb. <laughs> All of it. Look, I'm I'm a 37 year old, you know, like still very active, but like hurting body. Sure. And, uh, you know, I, I think back at things we did then and I just go like, how ridiculously not not only stupid, but just like someone else could have got hurt. If I got right. hurt, at least of my worries, like, right. you know, the amount of people that are like, dude, you like busted my head and I thought it was <laughs> awesome. And I'm like, um, what do I say to that? Like, it's not a proud moment where I'm like, rock and roll. I'm like, what a dickhead I was. <laughs> it's like, but that's not, that's not how young mind thinks. You know, you, you're like adrenaline based. You want to like, you know, you're sitting alone on tour basically for 10, 15 hours a day, depending where you're driving from, where you're going. And then sure. you get somewhere and, and it's like, you you want to go to bed by the time you go on stage but it's that that amped feeling and you know that that adrenaline that comes with a, a 22 year old's mind and body that yeah. you don't have at 37. <laughs> i know you have a much better perspective now for sure i mean i can tell you of just course like in the crowd though what those moments do you know you talk about how <laughs> You call yourself a dick when in reality, when I see someone do something crazy like that on the stage, that is just feeling because music you feel it's all in the body. Of right? course. And that's the thing is that just as a spectator in the crowd, when I, I'm already having a good time, having a good vibe. But when I see you hype up to another level, it, it brings me to another level. And that that's just the and it has like this chain reaction throughout the entire crowd. And that's some of the most special experiences that you can never, you know, never get, you know, never duplicate. Again. And here's the. Here's the thing, like if I got on stage tomorrow, what I mean by like being a dick is like, I'm gonna have that same intensity, like right. real, I'm gonna feel it a lot more, but I'm gonna have that same thing. The difference is like, I'm not gonna look for the 15 foot balcony and say like, I'm gonna jump feet first off of it and hope that I get caught. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. be you know, because you have more of this, um, I don't know if you would call it like a fatherly instinct or an ad I'm not a dad, but like, you know, an adult vibe about you. Like you don't want to knock out some 17 year old kid that it's their first show. Yeah. They worked hard at McDonald's all week to get the, the money to come to see your show and you just knocked them out. Of Anything. I mean, I don't want to go out and get kicked in the face. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I don't, I'm, I'm a lot more uh, uh, aware of myself and more judgmental that if I you know, if I, God forbid, hurt somebody, I would not let myself live it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it makes sense, man. Makes you know, sense. so. Well, now and nowadays, I mean, you guys, you know, the early November, I was looking on Spotify, you guys have over 150,000 viewer followers each month. You know, if you, you hit somebody. It's the, so uh, weird. Isn't that crazy to hear, though? Yeah, especially in like today's day and age where, you know, now I feel like if the next kid came out and had a popular song, they would be let down by whatever our following is. Do you know what I mean? Like, they'd be like, I, I, I didn't hit it. I get what you're saying, but that's not like you guys are, you know, I was thinking about this today when we were 
I, when I knew we were going to be talking. Um, and I was kind of going over my head some of the things that I would bring to the table because I am not by any means do I have a musical background in anything. Um, but I love, love music, right? And yeah, one thing I just had a couple weeks ago, I had a, a buddy of mine who was uh, down in the punk rock scene down in Gainesville for a long time. And we were talking. Gainesville's about, sick. Dude, he, had a, he said there was a nice following down there for sure. But what he loved about Super it, this stuck. is something that I'm going to ask you, I guess, is like, uh, you know, with the kind of music that you're doing and that you've done, it's not necessarily about that breakthrough, you know, becoming that breakthrough star that hits that one hit wonder that gets through the main waves globally through everybody. There's something unique about like hitting the diehard music fan, you know what I mean? And having them follow you wherever you go. Um, of course, you want to ha- put it in front of as many people as you possibly can and have them like it because everybody wants that. You're, you're creating a piece of art. You want people to like your art. But it's, it's almost in this world of the kind of music that you guys make, it's almost okay that only a handful full of people grab it because then it makes you guys a counterculture to something. And that in its own right is an exclusive club that's really cool to be a part of. That I Look, I... Yes, because I agree with everything you're saying. Like, our success was was always, like, a cult fan base. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we had a little bit of, like, play on MTV, too, because, like, the time was right. You know what I mean? And we had some label support with it and stuff like that. Um, A lot of label support and a lot of, you know, just right place, right time. But the band has only been a band this long because people supported it. Like... We didn't, we never had a single where I'm like, Hey man, I never have to work again because yada, yada really hit in 2004. And, and now I'm good to just hang out. Like it was never about that. Like even to today, like, you know, even though I'm not currently touring with the band, I wouldn't go on tour for the money. Like, you know, no disrespect to the band or whatever, but it's just like the money's not, would anyone of my age in re- in in the real world goes like, well, this is a safe bet. And, right. you know, now I could go on vacation for the next nine months. Like, it doesn't or, exist like that. Like, Or live in the we, uh, basement of the Atlanta Falcons uh, um, stadium there and wait two weeks to put out your album. Um, like, Kanye I mean, West, have you heard this craziness? No, I was just going to say, who's this? Kanye West, he did a whole watch party where he was, uh, he played all his music and everybody loved it. They were digging it. And then he said, I'm not going to release it for another two weeks because it needs to be polished in the very Kanye West fashion. And then that two weeks got pushed back to a month. And then he said, okay, well, to get this right, I have to bunker myself down into the stadium basement of where the Atlanta Falcons play. And it's just this whole thing. But what he's doing is he's, he's building a demand for his product and whether or not he's going people along the way he's doing it successfully so would would that be my approach probably not even if i had that level of fame but the reality of it is you know you get that large you you could do and you know unfortunately say sometimes (laughs) whatever you want yeah i am kind of uh uh what's the word i'm looking for i'm kind of like not kind of, I'm completely happy that I'm level-headed with where maybe I could have went if 
I did find some sort of legitimate fame at that age sure. because I don't, I don't think it, it makes you, you know, a healthy adult. Now, I'm not saying that about Kanye West or anybody at that level. I'm saying like me personally, I would have not functioned in the way that I barely am even at this point if I didn't have those like slow progressions and ups and downs. So like, it's weird. It's a double-edged sword. Everybody wants fame and success in, if, if you're putting all this work into something, but I think things are going to happen how they're going to happen. And, you know, you gotta, you gotta not only make do with what, what you're getting back, but like learn from it and, in, right. and to yeah. some extent, enjoy it, you know? Dude, you, that's the key right there, right? Is that there's not enough people stopping and enjoying what they're doing right now. Like I, I'll admit, like sometimes I lose um, perspective of what the purpose of me doing this show was because I'm so constantly trying to find another guest and I'm constantly trying to book guests that I think might fit the bill of what I'm looking to talk about and whatnot. And as I'm doing that, you know, I'm kind of stopping or I'm forgetting to stop and enjoy the moment. It's not until I actually sit down, turn the camera on, and I sit here with you, Sergio, in this moment. And I'm like, this is pretty fucking cool. Like, I'm really glad of to course. be here with Sergio Anello. Like, I really, really appreciate you being here, man. It's, well, one, thank you. And, uh, I, I mean, I agree with you. It's hard to embrace the moment, especially, like, you know, I sound like an old, old, old fuddy-duddy saying this, but, like, when we came up, and I was like getting these opportunities and doing things like I genuinely was like, wow, my life like feels really cool. And this is insane. And then there was definitely these moments where like you take it for granted. And now I think about it and I'm like, everything is so pew, 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 split second gratification. Like I actually I feel bad for people that like don't know what that other side is like. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, I, I've witnessed it, you know, make that you, you download a song. And I, I talked about this with like Dana and a million other people. Like it takes four hours to get one song you want to listen to and then nuts. You, or like you, no, go ahead. you want a DVD. Yeah. Yep. You got to go buy it or wait till it comes out or hope the store you're at has it. Like that doesn't exist anymore. And you know what? It's funny. Cause if you were to talk to a kid today, they would say, well, why do I want that to exist? Here's, here's the difference. There's the whole process, right, of getting the thing that you crave. And what that does yeah. is that there's – it builds – It's the hunt. The oh, hunt. the hunt, man. And that's so – that's such a big thing. That's such a big part of it because you work for it. Like you said, you had to get down and download the thing that took forever because of the dial-up network. But the moment you had it, you played that song on a loop for hours – or if not weeks, of course. it worked. You had to work for it. I mean, I'm a huge movie buff, Sergio. I don't know about you, but like I went to school for TV, film, and radio to start off my college career before I ever decided to go be a teacher. And nice. I, I remember the days of like waiting, you know, after, after they left the theaters, I had to wait like six months for these things to come out on DVD. And then finally they came out on DVD. I had to go and I had to wait in line over at Sam Goody's or wherever it was to get these types of things. That's um, a big thing that we don't realize anymore. Yeah, and the thing that's special about it is it builds community, you know? 
it, you, you talk with your friends about the hype of like, I can't wait for this to come out. It builds something that you guys can share where today there's just so many things we don't, we don't share anything anymore. And it's, yeah. Like, like for instance, I'm a, I'm a big like horror movie fan. Right. And I'll be like, uh, Hey TV, what is the newest horror movies out? And then it gives it to me and I'm like, kidding me i gotta spend six dollars on this and i'm like bummed but it's there <laughs> you know what i mean exactly it's, yeah. it's it's a button away i know and well i'm a theater guy i'm a purist so like if i i have hbo max and they've been doing this thing this year where they'll drop it on the streaming app the same day that it comes out in theater i won't i'll go to the theater and watch it if i want to watch it i won't watch it on the on the streaming button. see i'm i'm like one of the i mean this you know this year made me, uh, I say this openly, very weird because okay. situation I was in, I was just like, a lot of people, you know, were doing stuff and whatever, and that's cool. Like, but I was uh, back home off a tour, basically being like, I'm going to live here until I move out in a couple months and then, or maybe go back on tour, or whatever I'm going to do. Like, I don't want to have any kind of roots settled in or like financial roots. Right. And then all this hit. And, and it was like a scary situation. Um, you know, my parents aren't like, if you met them, you wouldn't be like, Oh, you have like old parents, but at 60 something, they were, they were, were worried and you know, it was worrisome. So like, I didn't do the like movie theater, the, this, the, that, the nothing. So like now I'm kind of, and I know I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent, but like now I'm like set back to some extent where I'm like, do I want to do these things anymore? Did I ever like it? It's a weird thing to jump back into and I'm slowly getting there. But like, to my point, it's much easier to be like, this is on TV. Cool. I could order this over the phone. Cool. I don't have to talk to anybody if I want something great. <laughs> you're right. You know, for those reasons, you're right. It's absolutely been great for that. I, uh, I like, I'm just as guilty. <laughs> you know what I mean? I blame you, Sergio. I blame you, dog. Yeah. I, uh, that's interesting though, that, so where are you at right now with the level of, I guess, your personal concern with COVID? Cause is early November, I, I, I'm, I'm not familiar with, are they on tour right now? No, no, no. So it's, like, I what, mean, as far, would they tour without you or is that not even in the question? Yeah, so it's it's been over the the past handful of years. Like we have and have always had our like core members okay. to started the band together, who have always been together. But a common respect that if one of us can't do it or doesn't want to do it or whatever it might be, like there's no grudges, there's no um, you know like resentment. It's very much like, hey, this is happening. Love to have you, but like. If you can't do it, totally get it, whatever. And like, we've gone through those phases a million times now. So like, this is not new to that. Um, I know there was things in place at a certain point and, you know, everything kind of shifted. So I kind of hear about them as they come. I don't like, you know, I'm not like wanting to be like, yeah, we got this set up. Like I'm not breaking any kind of cool new news, but I all you know, we always stay in touch with each other. Like we're, we're very close at the end of the day. Like if I needed any one of those guys for anything, they'd be right there. And I hope they know like same deal with me. 
but um you know everybody's just older now they like they have their own responsibilities they're doing their own things and like i said we still are very much in communication just like how you would with any old friend like it's right. not um you know it's not like every day like what's the deal with this or that it's just we check in we love each other yeah and it's, we're brothers <laughs> fortunately it's probably fewer and farther between than you would probably like but at least you still have that when you of want course it, when you want it yeah yeah of, of course like you know it's not like a, um oh i feel weird to hit this person up it's just kind of like like i said everybody's unfortunately busy with normal life things and then you add business and and um you know personal families and children and blah 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 like out of everybody i'm probably the, i don't want to say the least like responsible i just mean like i don't have kids or a wife right. so it's right, right. a little bit easier for me to come and go as i please I'm in that same that same boat man like i you know i'm not you doing know? anything quite like you're doing but like you know being out here i'm kind of that bachelor where I don't have the domesticated life, so to speak, where uh, every time I look around, my friends seem to be having that. If not, it's continuing to happen. So, yeah, I, I get it, man. I, so, but for me, because of that, transitioning kind of to my mental health, you know, you, I have grandparents. My, my best friend in the world is my grandfather, and he's, he's well into Good for 80s. you. That's awesome. Yeah, but he's well into his 80s. So when COVID hit, I, you know, I was the same as you. I kind of hunkered down, took it real serious. Not that I'm not necessarily taking it serious now, but like I, I am a little bit more free, um, to explore now since they've got the vaccine and it feels like, uh, and I've already had it specifically and I saw it. Oh, wow. Like, All right. And I came out on the other side. Um, so I kind of have, you know, I'm like, I have the antibodies. I feel like, okay, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's not, maybe it's made me ignorant. I don't know. Point is, is that for my mental health, I feel like I have to venture outside of the four walls of my house because at night they're so quiet, you know what I mean? That I have to stay active because I don't have that domesticated lifestyle. So like, I don't know where I, you're at with that. Are you more of an introvert, extrovert? Do you, are you okay with being at home? I think I'm the most uh, extroverted introvert, if that makes sense. Um, when it was all like happening, like in the thick, I saw the same you know, five people daily and we were living together, not doing anything. Um, but we all got vaccinated, you know what I mean? And what, what sucked and like, I'm a big, uh, advocate for like mental health. If someone cares to talk to me about it, you know what I mean? I'm not like, I don't want to use the term like preaching, but I'm not like outwardly speaking on it unless like someone cares to hear my point of view, but yeah. I, I got very, uh, weird. Like it was, it was a struggle at one point to like go drive down the street and walk into like a convenience store. Like it was just like uneasy, like panic attacks, this, that, the other. And I, and I talk about this because I'm not like ashamed or embarrassed with it, but like, I know there's a lot of people that maybe would never, you know, even admit to it. And like, I really, really went through it. And I think to your point of like needing to like safely get back into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I've slowly been been doing it and like just like silly things like that I would have never questioned before. Like 
oh, driving an hour away and not like worrying about something or whatever, like it, it's coming back and it, it's a nice feeling, but it's still like, you know, it's a day to day, like I could be fine, you know, right now and tomorrow, like the wind blows and I get this like wave of uncomfortability, right? you know, so I feel for everyone that knows what that feeling's like. And I, I think it's amazing for people that have never like even dabbled in that thought. Like I wish. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's cause you have huge empathy. Um, but the thing with that is that uh, I guess the challenge is, is that right now I feel for everyone because of the, I guess the uncertainty of information, right? It feels like it doesn't matter. I'm not even trying to get bring this to politics, even though it is what drives this, right? It's this idea of course. that it's been used, you know, on both sides against each other when we, the people, just want straight factual information that we can dive our, or, you know, kind of sink our teeth into and kind of figure out which direction to go with this. Do we go outside? Do we stay inside? Do we mask? Do we not mask? vaccinate or not get vaccinated and i guess maybe america in a nutshell is it really does boil down to you and yours and how you feel about you know your particular how you want your lifestyle to be and whatnot it, it's just been very difficult to put one foot in front of the other when you get this kind of tidal wave of misinformation i i feel for everyone because i i mean i i agree with you like i think um probably for the first time in my life like even though i've seen and witnessed things and maybe like didn't particularly like uh see it on my own end or you know directly inward like felt this massive like divide of and like crazy conversations with people you would like never think to have those conversations with yeah and i think with me like anything i've ever done i i'm very opinionated but i don't need to always preach my opinion and i say this all the time the only thing worse than an opinion is an uneducated opinion so if i'm not as educated as i should be right i just don't talk about it like the world isn't lacking something for my inability to give that opinion do you know what i mean like we talk one-on-one -on -one and it's very like what do you feel about this you know i'll tell you and and that's that but like like you said like it's a personal thing we're vaccinated. We, at the end of the day, like my family's always going to be the most important thing to me. I'm going to do everything I can to keep those people like happy and healthy. And, and also like, I pride myself just not being a piece of shit. So like, I'm never going to want someone to feel uncomfortable with not only my views, but like my inability to like see where they're coming from does that make sense no it does 100 percent, man 100 percent. but like you I know said, to start kind of my little you know my little preach there was that it's because you have empathy you know yeah it's we have to have that in a civilized society with so many different opinions and so many different uneducated opinions um it's just been, that's it yeah i I don't know, man. I'm with you, buddy. I think um, I just want everybody to stay healthy and continue on. And I, I, I don't like the idea of pushing fear on people, but I also want to make sure that everybody takes it and, you know, at the same time can educate themselves and do what's best for them and theirs. And like you said, 
not be a, you know, piece uh, of shit. Piece of shit. <laughs> like, look, at the end of the day, I think if people are just genuinely kind or try to be, it goes a lot further than like preaching their views. Would it like, I get it. If you really feel that way and you want to educate people on things like that's cool, that's your prerogative, but like doesn't take a lot to just be nice. <laughs> right. Right. It, it be nice is over or is, uh, is underrated and, uh, it's not, yeah. it's not done enough. So totally agree, man. Um, yeah, I want to ask you a question, man, since you're Shoot. a music lover, why the hell is music so damn special? Vague question. I mean, why? Why? I mean, I know what my answer is. I want to hear it from somebody who's lived, breathed, and been on it where you're on the performing side of things. Why? Why does it? What does it do to you personally, man? Because I think um, for me personally, like, you could be like, oh, well, this is my profession or this is like what I do artistically or whatever you want to call it. But I think at the end of the day, like, it's human. Yeah. It's a human feeling. Like, you could listen to a song and feel a certain way or, or not, or it makes you feel better or it's, or it's company when you're like, you know, sad and hurting. Like it, it's a million different things. Like you can't really judge art or what its purpose is, but if it makes you feel anything whatsoever, I think it's a plus. Um, I think it's always going to be there, you know, it's a it's a shame, unfortunately, that it to some extent like can't be financially. I, I say this all the time, and this is a big thing. You put this much effort into any sort of trade or career and still have the willingness to do it wholeheartedly with no return. That's a big thing. Right. You would never in a million years, and I'm not knocking or saying any of these professions in a negative way, but like you would never go bartend for free. Right. You would never wait tables for free, do construction, be a doctor, a lawyer. But this, you would. <laughs> yeah, in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. And I do. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, I, I say that because I want people maybe to understand that like, yeah, if you had a local pizza place that gave out as many samples as you wanted a day and it was your favorite place to eat and they were all free, right. you would go there every day and be fulfilled. Every day. But eventually that place would not exist. <laughs> and that's like right. a sad, that's a sad thing. You know what I mean? So like not to get heavy, it's just, I don't think people realize it. I think they think a lot more comes with like, well, this guy's been doing it for, or this girl or whomever for 20 something years. Like they're good. Like they don't need that kind of support. And it's like, it's not even a financial support. It's like right. reposting it, downloading it, you know, you name it, it goes a long way. So I think people are just, I don't want to, this to come off wrong just sometimes are uneducated on what makes it able for people to continue to to like do this sort of thing yeah and i you think know. there's this common misconception with longevity must equal financial freedom right? mm -mm. 
I call it glutton for punishment. <laughs> That's a great way of looking at it, brother. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, it's funny because when I started the conception of this show at the earliest stages, I was, and that's what I meant earlier by like losing perspective is that I, I just want to sit down and have a conversation with someone, you know, it doesn't matter if it gets huge or doesn't. I mean, obviously you dream about who you might be able to talk with if it was to get to, of course, but like at the same time to me, this is, this is the dream. Like, and I'll do it forever. It doesn't matter if I get paid for it or not, you know, um, in that no, because human interaction and connection is, is important. Oh, it's huge. It's huge. And it's something that I don't believe uh, happens enough today. So, um, but like to, to kind of answer my own question when we were talking about like why music is so, you know, damn special. It's because for me personally, man, is that it's the only medium that I feel like you get instant like gratification and fulfillment like you were talking about, but it's, it's the thing that makes you feel alive instantly. I love the art of making movies. I love storytelling, right? I went to school for it. But even that is a slow burn, right? And a song into its right can be a slow burn, but in more of like a six, seven minute punch, right? That would be a slow burn type of song. One of those it's six, seven minutes. That's it. That's exaggerating. It's well, like I'm talking two and a half to four. Queen songs, right? <laughs> Yeah, I'm with you. I'm there. Today you get it in more of a three-minute package, but like at a concert you can play around with that, and that music just makes you feel alive, man, and there's unlike any medium like it, and that for me personally, and that's why I kind of thought you probably shared some of those same things, is that there's just nothing like it, and that's why you do it for free. Or you of course. It and, and it, it all, well, I mean, I, I do and, and done... <laughs> hit for free so like it comes back to like the whole like live performance you know conversation like you know i am a fan of music whether i was 15 at my first show or like 37 and i force myself to be like i don't feel like going out and i go somewhere and go like holy shit like how ripping was that like that was awesome you leave and you're there with like this feeling that's just like, you, you can't explain. Like, I, I can honestly tell you this. I don't know one person genuinely that has ever said to me, eh, I just don't like music. <laughs> it might be the only thing people can agree on. <laughs> they like here. music, sound. Yeah. It could be anything. <laughs> it's music. <laughs> they right. like it. They like it. Well, it's interesting because I have came across people. I guess my question isn't necessarily like, <laughs> you're right. You've never found anybody that doesn't like music, but I have found No, them. they might have terrible music taste in your opinion, yes. but like they like music. <laughs> and then you're like, you question whether or not they like music. That's the problem, right? But you're right. You're yeah, right. of course. I tend to say like, how can you not feel it the same way? Because there's an energy that comes from it. You know, there's a whole... There's a whole vibe, not just the concerts, but like when you're driving in your car late at night and the perfect song hits at the perfect time and it can help you reflect or look forward or make decisions in your life because it is somehow um, motivated you to do so. You know, maybe not always for the right things. It can do it the opposite way too. But like, yeah, I just, I, there's just something that has this kinetic energy that just transfers into people so fast. Um, the, just, the, the closest thing we will see to, and this is my opinion, you may disagree, 
okay. to the new music is a meme because oh. someone will read it and go, I feel heard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's what wow. it is. You're right. So one day I'll be in the uh, Metropolitan Museum someday and I'll see just a framed meme on the wall, huh? Just a framed meme. And um, there's an artist weirdly behind that too. <laughs> we just don't get it yet. You just don't get it. You're absolutely correct, man. I, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy. Uh, <laughs> so this is what I mean. Like, I really, I really think about these things. So do I. So do I. I had a buddy on the show that said that uh, there was a, uh, he's a film critic, and he said that he was watching this one movie where this actress, there's an eight minute pie eating scene where she eats the entire pie. But the whole scene is just one shot watching her eat this pie. And I said, man, that that's kind of like genius. It's kind of genius. That's what he said. I said, that is absolutely dog shit. He's like, no, it's genius because it tortures you as a viewer. That was the point. <laughs> I mean, it's terrible, but it's like, you know, as silly as it sounds, it's like the family guy scene where Peter uh, says Al for like 30 seconds straight. <laughs> and you yeah. go, I'm still wa waiting for when this will break. Well, it's kind of like when Peter's trying to get that dead frog out of the house, too, and he's got the box, and he's trying to drag it up the windowsill, and he just can't. It just keeps that's, going. Because, because, sadly, that's, like, at least to me, like, a human feeling where you're like, how fucking long is this going to take before it, like, you know, before I feel uh, not fulfilled, but, like, yeah, or not even, like, I'm talking in personal life where you're like, like you try to pick up like a very flat object on concrete and you're like doing this like that's that's real you're right <laughs> that is where the genius comes in because in your real life when you're doing that you would never actually you know think that other people go through this but you know other people have experienced that same thing yes or like dropping a guitar pick inside of the acoustic guitar <laughs> that is the worst thing which ever. is another family guy thing but like I'm using like the making myself sound very unintellectual, but right. these are the things I witness, and I go like, I get that. Uh, and it's what and it's what the genius of the show is, man. Um, yeah, you, you had used the term, and I thought it was interesting. You you use instead of happiness, you talked about fulfillment. Did you yeah, know that you did that. Is there a reason you did that? Because it, it is uh, it is a crucial difference that I'm learning at my age right now. That I don't think I'm in pursuit of happiness. I think I'm in pursuit of fulfillment. What are your thoughts on that? I think um, for me, uh, happiness is very like momentarily. Sure. Fulfillment is long term. Yeah. You know, so I think you, you could be happy saying like, I'm hungry. I'm going to eat 25 Big Macs. And one second later, you're like, I hate myself. <laughs> fulfillment would be like you know what i haven't had in a while <laughs> and like looking for the best place that delivers that right again maybe a bad analogy but like no dude, that's no, how no. i see it that's the way that's kind of what i've learned i don't know if you've listened to any jordan peterson or anything but he kind of talks about that a little bit and i have i'm terrible by the way with like motivational stuff and podcasts it's because i'm very in my own head oh, and no. i probably think i'm a all, I, I think I'm a lot more intellectual than I probably am. So I just listen to myself, talk to myself, 
which is no. a lot of what my music is. That's what my music's about. <laughs> but that's the thing is that to get it from your head onto the paper and then to find out that people relate to it. That's the whole that's thing, what, right? To bring this back like a good comedian, toxic positivity is that conversation. It is. That's what it is. Yeah. 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 It's very much that. <laughs> Well, that's why with me personally, man, like I, when I heard that for the first time, that's why when you used it, I didn't know if you did it on purpose or not. And that's why I wanted to ask you, because when I heard that for the first time, this idea of, um, feel free, by the way, to ask me like any of these questions, music related. Cause that's like how I really understand how to respond. Yeah. No, if that makes sense. Well, I was going to I was actually going to go a different route with your fulfillment. I was going to ask you about your person because you had mentioned that you don't have children. Um, are you, are you in a relationship? Do you, uh, is that something that you want? Is that something that, um, you steer away from because of the, the lifestyle that you currently have? Uh, I mean, talk to me there a little bit. I think I, um, uh, yearn for that full time connection. I think I've, fortunately have experienced it in short form sure and unfortunately because i'm so uh either self-obsessed or self-aware yeah very fine line yeah. that it's caused those things to um live a shorter life than maybe they should have yeah but you know something i pride myself on is being aware of myself and something I also pride myself on is like realizing I'm very unaware of myself because people that are like, Oh, I, you know, I'm woke. Right. Right. <laughs> They're the least in my opinion, awake to themselves. No, you're right. So I go like, you know, I understand it, but I don't at all. So yeah, I would, I would love that this, you know, this, I was going to ask. No, God. Interrupt there. I was going to see. Do you ever feel like you've. Because um, this is the thing with with because I like to think, you know, that I'm an intellect as well. Right. But sometimes, yeah. sometimes we I don't so think I'm an intellect. I think I'm just aware. <laughs> it's well, somewhat aware. aware. But, but, but that's step one. That's really step one to the whole thing is mm -hmm. like being self-aware. And then, I mean, we talked about the empathy, but like trying to get the information, make sure the information is correct, yada, yada. That's that to me is the biggest form of, of intelligence that you can have is trying to get it right versus trying to be right. Um, of course. But when you talk about this idea of, of you know, it's be, because you were self-aware, it might have been the detriment to those things. Do you ever worry that sometimes you're so far into the forest that you can't see the trees type thing? A hundred percent. I am. Uh, I you know, I, I say this jokingly, but like at the same time, like very much again, aware of it, I'm in the weeds, you know what I mean? <laughs> and personally, I, I don't really think anybody's not in the weeds. And if you're so far out of the weeds, like you're, you're just kind of back in the weeds, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like for there's sure. gotta be some blur for you to like, kind of like focus out of does that make sense like no dude totally totally it goes back to what you're saying you know, the woke community that, that woke community it, it, it's good that people are putting pressure on things that really should be non-negotiables that i agree with 
But woke yeah. community has taken it a step further, and now they've almost instead of being this so woke that they're individualized, they're actually conforming to an idea versus which is the counterpoint to the whole thing. So I don't I don't know. I totally understand your analogy that you were getting at earlier because I totally see it the same way. And again, like I teeter that line by saying like, well, who am I to like even comment on that? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, I, I kind of go like this. I go, again, if you try your best to be kind and understanding and not overly push your ideals on like people and what, what makes someone happy who's hurting no one, right? then great. But it's when you're, you're so, you know, overly indulgent in that thought that like your ability to be eye-opened and able to see things others can't, that you need to like force that view that I'm just kind of like, here we go, you know, right. you know, and not that, to upset just, anybody. It, it's the same as thought as that like religious freak that like walks up to you when you're standing, minding your own business and is like telling you the craziest shit you've ever heard. Mm -hmm. I'm the guy that just listens. Yeah, I might not agree with any of it, but it, I, I try to at least just <laughs> you just him, listen. <laughs> you make him feel heard, Sergio Nello. You make him feel heard. That's very good, man. You know, it's uh, funny, Jim Carrey says that at the end of the day, uh, us making sound really just is important because as humans, us making sound and making others feel our or hear our sound—that is all you really need. <laughs> we, we love this. I mean, we do. We love the sound of our own voices. We. Come on, who comes on a podcast that doesn't want to talk about their fucking views and shit and what they think and, you know, right. you name it. Like, it's all kind of hypocritical, but it's human nature. Yeah. You know? It's it's a part of the human experience, man, for sure. That's um, it. Like, you know, it doesn't hurt anyone to, to speak <laughs> nicely <yeah>. again. <laughs> Sergio, I am losing you, man. Like, your voice is as clear as ever. Your teeth are as bright as white as they can possibly. Oh God! You are can you so see me? dark right now. It is. Should so I? I can move. I can move inside if if that'll work. Well, here's what I mean. I just just so the viewers can see your beautiful face, man. I right now we just see the LA in your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> and I have big teeth too. They got dark quick, buddy. Um, while you're transitioning, I just wanted to ask you a few more. We'll just spend another ten minutes here on the show if you don't mind. And then yeah, we'll, sure. We'll kind of wrap it up, but I, uh, do, do you want me to move into a lighter area? I could do that. That's not I, a big I, deal. I think for the YouTube portion of it. Yeah. I'd like you to, if you don't mind. All right, cool. Just bear with me. I'm going to, I'm going to like hold a bunch of things. We'll, we'll talk and walk. Actually. I, yeah. Yeah. It looks like it's beautiful there. It's, I mean, it's a gorgeous, it's a gorgeous night. It's why I came outside, but you're right. It did get, um, it did get very dark, very quick. So. I didn't even realize just, how dark it was until I was like, I don't even think I see his eyes. There we go. So I'm just going to pull this, this shit in real quick. Give me a sec. Guy's got a beautiful if I drop. Oh, there we go. You know, there it's nice. Go. I like to, I like to be outside because it's uh to me at least it's very, um, very relaxing especially when you do these sort of things you know oh, easy, easy totally agree man oh that's better there we go oh now now the phone's ringing 
That's probably Who was a house phone? That's Dana oh, trying gonna, to get on the show. We're going to hang that up. Hold on. Ah, can you see me okay? Entertainment, baby. <laughs> Perfect. We can see it, man. You are in frame. Good. You are good. I'm back. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sitting here with Sergio Anello. He's the basis of the early November. We are also talking about his EP that is coming out on September 17th. And I, once again, I want to make sure I get this right. The hodgepodge of modern furniture and antiques. And a hodgepodge of modern furniture and antiques. Yes. It's, it's, it's a mouthful. A, dude, it's a mouthful, but it's a fitting name because I was like, this kind of feels like this album to me. So... Um, there, there's a you, there's a story behind it. <laughs> yeah, let's hear it because I would love that. That's what I wanted to ask you. What's the story behind that, that title? So, um, as I was like putting these songs together, it was like a list of. Remember, I I, I was telling you like there were like phone demos and all this and that, and I was like, it's it's kind of what you would call a hodgepodge of songs, <laughs> and I have for some sick reason like when I use a word that's typically not in my vocabulary. I look it up and, um, you know, there's a definition obviously. And then like, uh, how to use it in a sentence. Right. And it was like, Joe's apartment is a hodgepodge of modern furniture and antiques. And I looked around me and I went, this is like what I'm living in. And I also said like, this is my, like my brain. It's like very sleek in the sense, like, I have a, I have a set idea. And then there's also this, like, um, this, I sound crazy saying all this, this, like these, these, like, um, thoughts that just arise, like these, these past images that like shouldn't be there anymore that like kind of steer my, you know, the way I go about things in life. So like, I jokingly was like, this is what I'm going to call it. And everybody was kind of like, I think you should. <laughs> so, so I stuck with it. And it, it, like you said, it, it felt very fitting to me. I'm actually really glad I know the origin story of that now, because that is, that was actually a really profound thing to say in order or in, you know, reflection of your uh, EP, man. I, uh, that you're right because we are as people, we are, especially as artists, you're trying to always kind of create something new. But yeah, you're always pulling from your past and it's like really the past that won't die. And it's these antiques that live on your shelves that are constantly. Of course. Yeah, man. What a profound way of uh, just a great title that you walked into. And my and my parents home, which I've been staying in for the past uh, two years at this point. It, you know, it's a very uh, quaint little house, but like it's sleek and modern. But then there's like these legitimate like like a lot of my music like kind of steers from this like fifties to like seventies yeah. uh, thing. And that's like what my mother's always kind of been into. Like, um, I don't know. It just kind of always played into like what I've done. Like I grew up on oldies and like Elvis and you know, like Johnny cash. It was like a mix of like doo-wop and country. And that's kind of how I've always written. So, yeah, it, you know, it made sense. When I was listening to the EP, I, uh, it's funny. I, I can't, the guy's name is Lee, is Lee or, uh, I've lost it now, but, um, I think it's REM. You kind of have the same tone to you as the lead singer of REM. Michael Stipe. Wow. Yeah. And 
but your sound has a lot of Bob Dylan feel to it. And I don't know if that's Dude, on purpose or not, but that's that that's a, a big compliment because like growing up, I like I didn't understand Bob Dylan. I'm not gonna be like that guy. It's like, oh yeah, Dylan's king. Like I'd always be like, This this sounds like shit. And then as I got older, I was like, This guy's a fucking genius. Like I just it's like sushi, you know what I mean? Like you can't taste sushi at eight and appreciate it. Like you have to have an adult's Dylan, taste. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You know, it's Seinfeld, man, you can't like Seinfeld at eight. It's over your head. It, it, it it's just that sort of thing. And 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 I never like was like, oh, you know, I want to like write like Dylan, but because a when people go like Beatles and Dylan and this and that are like my muse, it's like you're not gonna be Bob Dylan and you're not gonna be the fucking Beatles. Like, right? Stop while you're ahead, <laughs> or you're just like asking for failure. Right. But like, it is good, I think to like you know, obviously respect something even if you don't understand it or love it but i think there's a subconscious and, uh, thing that sorry there's a subconscious thing that comes with it though it's like when you were a kid or of course you, when you're your musical taste you listen to these sounds that come in back to sounds right you come in and you're like that sounds good that doesn't and you just kind of filter these things through your whole brain as your your musical taste and as you now are creating you now echo those things I, I agree. Yeah. And um, with me, when it comes to like my personal writing, like I've always been what people call like, not, not music wise, but they'd be like, dude, you're, you're like, you're a great storyteller. Like you tell a story and, you know, so like when I write, I care about like what I'm saying and the melody versus like, does this sound catchy? You know what I mean? Yes. It just happens to be, be, at least for what I think, like I write in a way that like I could tell a, a kind of like avant-garde story mm. and still figure out how to like make it somewhat relatable and hooky at the same time. Yeah, I, I was reading your uh, your bio on Spotify and it says something to like the likes of like Shaky Graves and them. And I love Shaky Graves, but love Shaky uh, Graves. Are you familiar with the tallest man on earth? Mildly. I think he does a very good job of telling his story, but finding the kind of catchy sound that can go with it, like a, almost like a Parker Mills. Yeah. Do, but uh, there's just some really good. I, check him out, man. Tallest man on earth, and it, it's kind of ironic because he's he's like four foot ten. I think that's the whole point of the story. So. Yeah, yeah. But, but Shaky Graves, uh, one of my like when I started doing my own solo stuff. Um, just love his ability to like storytell and write a song that's so very not like verse chorus you know bridge type of song yeah and have it be so not only relatable but like entertaining throughout yes you know so like that was a that was a big thing so like my last record that i did i was kind of like listening a lot to his stuff at the time and i was I don't know if you're familiar with like him and like Esme Patterson stuff with like um, uh, big time Nashville star. And then yeah. what's, okay. what's the other one? Uh, I can't think of the name, but the house is haunted. I have both. Yeah. I have both of those on my playlist. So I just didn't realize so, that a partner there. Okay. But, but it was very um, like I was, I was living in Nashville at the time every other week i was in nashville for at least a couple of days or a few weeks or a month whatever it might be and 
he was like that weird uh, bridge to me going from like what I thought I wanted to do to like then what I was writing later on. So the more and more I just like listen to that stuff and then I put out that last record, then I kind of like, not to say like I didn't want to, you know, sound that way or whatever anymore, but it was very much like I'm finding my own, you know, my own voice for a lack of better terms and like ability to tell a story in a different way. And just kind of like this whole thing, like I said, it was so, um, like, uh, out of the blue that there was, there was no rules behind it. I didn't go into it being like, this has to sound like this, or this has to sound like that. And, um, you know, there's like mandolin on the record where I would have typically maybe like wanted to do strings or like there's right. a lot more keys and there's like jazzy moments, but it's very like, I don't know, it's kind of like swanky in spots, but like surfy and, that's That's the thing you know, that I think a lot of people will be able to pull away from it though, is that there's little moments for everybody in there, but it doesn't really lose that swanky feel to me. It doesn't really lose that that you know what you're going for that theme of the overall package it doesn't lose that so i that's it i mean i'm gonna have my style at the end of the day but like i want to tell a good story start to finish and i think a lot of artists maybe do this where they um they want to have a collection of songs that make sense right i try to write a record or not try to write a record i put a record together after writing it for the few people that are going to listen track one to track whatever it is right and go you know oh i get it and it's up to them to interpret it i'm not saying like think of it a you certain can't, way it's you just can't rob people from that that's that's does it not at all tried yeah that, that's going to be their thing so i guess to wrap this up here man now that the ep is coming out september 17th i know you've been yeah. at home with your parents and you know life has been kind of weird for you um oh i gotta I gotta do this he's gonna love this I don't know. You're not gonna be able to see this, but uh, D to the B, Bobby. He shouts out. We just put that up on the uh, the old ticker here. Uh, Dana Bolin. He just uh, shouted out the show here. I thought you would like that. Too nice. That's podcast. good. Everybody, give it a check. Uh, Spotify. You can find it over there. Apple Podcast. The whole thing. Um, dude is killing it. Um, but what I was gonna ask you though is that Sergio, you said that life has been kind of weird for you. Are you going to now? publicly start performing some of these, you know, the EP in some venues and some places? I think I would like to, but ultimately like, you know, prior to all this happening, I started playing solo a lot of times and I got very comfortable with it. It was something I wasn't comfortable doing. Right. You know, you got to realize I came from being a bass player in a band to doing solo stuff, singing with a band to then just like playing with an acoustic guitar. And it was very unfamiliar. But um, right before this, I was kind of forced into like an hour long set where I was in front of maybe like 10 or 12 people. Oh, wow. And t typically I would have freaked out. I would have been like, I can't do this. And uh, I don't know, it, it came really, really comfortable to me. And the promoter was like, I got to have you back. This is like, Again, not tooting my own horn. I just didn't expect that. He was kind of like, let me buy you a drink. You were great. You handled yeah. it so well. And I was like, fucking crazy to me. Like, I thought you would have been like, dude, 
<laughs> sorry, you can't play no more. You know what I mean? It was just, uh, it was weird, but I would like to play out, but I would, I would like to, you know, as of now pick and choose. Right. And hopefully like give that full experience, but like do it in a, in a collection of the records where it's not just like super drab or like, no, but when you know, trying... hang on, I gotta fix something here. There we go. No, but what you're trying to do is, uh, you are absolutely trying to put together a concert experience. You're trying to put together, you know, a catalog of something that you can, you know, that has a, a rise and a fall and, you know, just the, the whole thing, just like a human experience we talked about earlier on the show. So I'm very inspired by um by Jack White, how he has the ability to play like white stripe songs and then like yeah, what's the record? Lazaretto, I think it's called. I love and then it. like folky stuff, like I think that's cool. And it's it's never perfect, which is even better. It's like chaotic. And I just love that kind of vibe. Big inspiration for me. But you know what I think that is, though, is, is I think it's because you are not one thing, Sergio Nello. You are multiple things, right? You like multiple I'm things. A, I'm a chameleon of sorts. <laughs> yeah. But we are as people, whether we admit it or not. You know, I think too often yeah. we try to pigeonhole our lives into these one things of ideologies when in reality that's not who we are. No, um, I can't. I can't do it. it it's, it'll, it'll cripple me mentally in the sense like I'll lose it. Like. I almost don't want any of my records, as silly as it sounds, to be like the one. I'd rather build some sort of like fan base around it entirely. So like, again, I'm not like pigeon held to, to do one thing or the other. I could kind of like, I could explore. It's, I mean, nobody wants to be told what to do, you know? No. I just want people to care a little bit enough to, <laughs> to, to go play it out and have people show up, so. What kind of support do you get from your uh, from your bandmates? Do they have solo projects of their own? Or are they are you guys all supportive there, or did, were they kind of like I don't know, man? It's we don't want you to get your own brand versus no, no, no. no. So like uh, we've always been, you know, very supportive of one another. Like uh, Ace came out with "I Can Make a Mess," and then Ace enters in a million different people, and I'm sure he's put stuff out under his own name in the early November and you name it. And then Jeff who plays drums has done solo work. Um, Joe manages a lot of uh, really good bands and has played in bands uh, like Hello Goodbye. Oh, I so love like that. everybody, yeah. everybody's done like a lot of stuff. And, and, you know, I've been lucky enough to like be in this world with these guys and like either tour with their other bands or like tour with the solo stuff or just, you know, be a good friend and get to hear stuff. It's, it's nice, but, um, everybody's always like really, really supportive. And I think at the end of the day, you know, whether we're playing shows together or torn or whatever, like we always check in and we're loving and it's, it's, it's I mean, look, it's family at the end of the day, you're going to butt heads when you're living in a, a car together for two right. months. But like, Especially you know, opinionated like you, right, Sergio? <laughs> I think one thing I will give us all is 
we know when to shut the fuck up and just kind of roll with the punches, which is nice. <laughs> well, I'll say this, man. You don't get 20 years of friendship or 20 plus years of friendship without knowing how to navigate those waters. So, Of course. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I've been absolutely blessed to be sitting here uh, today talking with Sergio Nello. Like I said, basis of early November, he's got his own EP out, a hodgepodge of modern furniture and antiques. Uh, it's coming out. You got it. September 17th. Uh, Sergio, where... Will people be able to get that? Where can they find you on what social media platforms? I'm going to give you the kind of the last 30 seconds and then I'll wrap us up, buddy. Okay. So you could find me on Instagram at Sergio underscore Anello. That'll have like my links. If you look my name up on any sort of um, platform where you could download music or Google me, you'll find my stuff. Uh, we're going to be doing all the pre-sale stuff through Sunday Drive Records. So you could check them out as well. And if you get confused, you can literally just message me and I answer everybody. So I could, I could navigate it for you. All right. All right. Well, look for that. I hope for continued success, man, for both the band yourself. Continued. Thank health. you. I hope for continued health for not just yourself physically, but mentally, man. Make peace with this pandemic and what's going on. And uh, brother, I thoroughly enjoyed the hour and a half that we just spent talking, man. I can't believe it's been that long. I had a great time. All right, everybody, Bobby Talks, dot, dot, dot. You know why those dots are there. We will see you guys down the road. Peace out.